How are we doing out there? You all right? Good to be in church? Middle week of the school holidays? Doesn't matter to most of you, does it? Really? Awesome. I'm so glad you're here this morning. It certainly makes preaching a lot more enjoyable when you show up. You know, it's incredible to think that five weeks ago now, we launched our Selwyn campus. And uh, we're praying for them this morning that God would really move in their midst. Paul Cargill is actually preaching out there this morning, so that's why he is not with us. Am I echoing? Just sound a little bit. They'll, they'll tidy it up. They're awesome. Five weeks. So we're five weeks into this thing. And what we conceived in my spirit and in my mind back in November 2016 has actually come into reality. It came about because of a long walk on a beach. And I, I know many of you have heard this story probably, but I want to share it again because there are many people that have joined our church that haven't heard it. I was kind of in a place, it was November, as I said, and I really just wanted to hang out with God. So I, I drove out to Pegasus Beach and went for a walk. It was probably a two or three kilometer walk that I did, and, which is a long way for me. And uh, that wasn't the main thing I got out of it, by the way. But I was just really reflecting on the journey of our church. And there was no agenda to the prayer time, but I was sitting thinking, God, wow, our church has done, 20, at that point, 29 years, now 31 years, but 29 years, what an incredible journey our church has been on. Amazing what Paul and Jill Bennett, our founding pastor, had done. And I was simply giving thanks to God for what he had done and saying to God things like, I pray that as we lead the church, that we will do as good a job as they did and take the church beyond where they have and actually to the place that you would have us take the church and really in a place of reflection and almost desperation came over my heart like I was freaking out because we took over in the February it was now November and I said God I, we really don't know what we're doing I'm just letting you in on the truth but thank goodness you do thank goodness you're the one that said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it thank goodness it doesn't rely on Angela and I because if it does we're in huge trouble and there's some knowing laughs because you know that's true if God doesn't do it we're in big trouble, but I was simply thinking, God, wow, they planted in March 1987 out of obedience and faithfulness to you. How incredible the journey has been. And as I was pondering that, I felt God drop into my heart. I'm calling you, Carl, to plant churches and help churches. And I stopped for a moment and thought, that can't be God, because I, would, I, I don't want to do that. Like, like, surely that's not God speaking to me, but I could not shake the sense of it being God. I'm calling you to plant churches and help churches. So I knew it was him because I couldn't shake the thought. But we'd only just been leading for about six months. So I was like, well, God, there's no way I'm going back and telling the church that stuff yet because we've got no trust in the bank with the church. We've only just started. There's no way we could. So what I'll do, Lord, is I'll put it on the shelf. And if you bring that thought back to me at any point, then I'll consider being obedient to it. I actually said I would be obedient. But the story began to unfold. I was walking and talking with Paul Bennett, as I do, out in Lincoln. And on a Friday afternoon after I prepped, often I'll go and have a walk with him and just talk about what God's doing in my heart, particularly when we were new to leading. We really, I really felt like I just wanted to kind of get wisdom on everything we were doing. And I, I shared with him this thought that I felt God had given me and thought, he's a man of wisdom. He's a man of understanding. He will talk us out of it. But no, he didn't. He said, well, if it's God, you've got to do it. I thought, well, that's not the answer I really wanted, but that one will do. And then he said, what about Lincoln? And the moment he said it, it dropped into my heart. This, this is a setup. This is exactly where we're meant to come. 
and we're, we're meant to plant is actually in Lincoln. Through a number of series of other conversations, that became the place. And the yes, God, we will do it dropped into my heart. And then through the series of conversations, that location was finally decided on. And all of what we have today, all of what we see, and the fact we are in two locations is simply down to one word, obedience. Obedience is a powerful word. I'm going to speak on it very shortly. But when God first spoke to this very moment, it has simply been steps of obedience. Willingness to say yes to God. Most of our lives, if you look back on your own life, well, you'll recognize our steps of obedience to God each and every time. When God speaks, your answer is yes, Lord. So all we see is simply obedience. The church we have now and have known over 31 years has been built on obedience and faithfulness. It's been about individuals and a church being faith-filled enough to say yes to God. I'm going to share with you very shortly this whole power of why I think obedience is so vital and so important. First, I want to share a couple of prophetic things that I felt God give me some weeks ago. and You've already heard parts of it, and if you've been around, you will have heard the phrases before. And I launched this in week one at Selwyn because I felt it was the appropriate time to release this prophetic message And I wasn't really in a place of expecting God to give me something prophetic for the church on week one of Selwyn. I wasn't in my preparation really thinking that God would give me anything kind of now because I, to the truth be told, I look for vision for 2019 around about November. That's when I tend to spend some time with God and say, well, what does next year kind of look like? So I wasn't expecting God to speak to me at all. But out of my prayer time, you'll be pleased to know I have those, I felt God give me the words, it's a new era. Carl, it's a new era. And, and I've heard new era phrase before. We've had it at a conference and churches use it and organizations use it. But it's the first time I felt God say to me, Carl, I'm calling the church into a new era. And Selwyn week one marks the beginning of a brand new era. Life church is entering a new era. What we're doing now is not a season. We're not in a season because seasons come and go. And, and seasons come and go quite quickly. This is not a season that we've entered into as a church. This is a brand new day. This is a brand new era. We'll never go back to being what we were before. We're now a church, one church, in two locations. We'll never go back to what we were before. And I felt God call me, come on, Carl, it's a a new era. Never be the same again. And I felt like as I was sitting there, well, Lord, with a new era, there need some new distinctives. So my question to God was simply, well, what are the new distinctives of a new era? Because it's a great phrase. But what's going to distinguish us moving into a new era? Well, we're believing that this new era will so be much be marked by a fresh revelation of the mission heart of God to reach people with the hope of Jesus. Is that a new concept? No, it's not. But bringing it into a new era, what we're asking God for is that it would be fresh in every single one of our hearts. Like it's day one. I got saved today, and I'm on mission for God. What he's done for me, I want others to find. So we have the sense of, Lord, we we need you to revive our missional hearts as a church. We we don't just want to turn up week to week and kind of go through the motions of doing church. We're a church that's on mission. So, Lord, revive within us. Do you mind if I move this a little bit? Because I feel like I'm going to trip over it. And uh, I might just move this one slightly. Sorry, worship team. Revive it in our hearts, the missional sense. In a new era, there are new distinctives, but there are also many things that transcend every era. And the Great Commission 
is one of those. It's been ever since Jesus gave us the mandate, and it will never, ever die out. Um, gathering together will never lose its purpose. It'll go across every era. It's just that some things will be re-emphasized, but are not necessarily new things. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? You're not looking for a brand new idea that no one's ever come up with before. Those can be good, but you can also be weary of those things. I'm talking about a re-emphasis of some things that are really important to Father God's heart for its church. And the Great Commission is the one we begin. God, would you release afresh the mission of God in the church? Would you release it across every generation in the church? Even if this generation hasn't yet seen a move of God, would you still move on our hearts with a sense of the Great Commission? We feel this time and stage of our church history will have a distinctive of a new sound. And God spoke that to me and Ange. It's the sense of resound, a new sound. And the new sound will be a sound of declaration. Where we as people of God would give voice to our faith and a willingness to proclaim the promises of God. Resound. That's what I felt God put in our hearts. Come on, Carl and Ange. Come on, Life Church. Would you resound with a declaration of faith? Would you take me at my word? Would you trust the promises that I've given to you? Would you declare the truth of my word? A time of declaration. For me personally, there was a personal challenge in this because we've been raised to be adverse to hyperfaith or name it and claim it kind of faith. And so when God gave me this word, I was kind of like, oh, is this the name it and claim it kind of deal? No, if it's in God's word, it's his promises and all we're doing is applying the promises of God. I'm not declaring something outside of God's word, just the promises that God has given us. Therefore, it's not name it and claim it kind of faith, but the sense that God is challenging us to take him at his word. Would you resound the declaration of his promises? I believe every generation needs to find its declaration. Every generation has to find its declaration. That's why the word becomes so important in every generation. Cannot do away with God's word. Cannot have any generation that says that God's word is not important because the kind of declaration and the promises are what come out of God's word. They're not some made-up philosophy. They're what God has said to be true. We need to be willing to give voice to the stuff of faith that God has placed in our hearts. Standing here today, for example, I'm determined to not say certain things would never happen or could never happen. I've been down that road. I've had moments since last October when we announced to you guys publicly, that's a year ago now, that we were going to plant a campus. I've had moments along the way of doubts. And, and that's okay, that, that's normal, but I've had moments where I've thought, I don't know if this is really going to happen. And then when I see the reality, I think God came through again, and the sense in my heart is, Carl, don't doubt me when I put something in your heart. Trust in me. Don't use the circumstances to determine whether I'm moving or not. Trust me with faith. That's what it is to be a Christian, is to have faith no matter the circumstances that we face. But I had moments would this thing ever really happen? And it just dropped into my heart again that nothing is impossible for God if we keep walking in obedience to Him. But obedience is the key. We're so very good at Kiwis, or as Kiwis, at giving voice to the things that we lack. Don't know if you recognize that. Or what has not gone our way. Or what we feel we missed out on. We're really good at giving voice to excuses as to why we can't do something or something shouldn't happen. You might not be, but I am, and People I hang out with who are also Kiwis, believe it or not, are, are almost the same. It's like we see the deficits quite easily. We see what we don't have and we see the losses 
quite readily. In fact, it's probably not just a uh, Kiwi thing. It's probably actually a a human thing, but we're something in our culture susceptible to this. We're wired for the cannot or should not or to observe the things that have gone against us. And yet I feel God saying, come on, Life Church. Come on, Carl and Ange. How about a new sound? How about a sound of declaration? How about a sound that proves that you trust us? Trust me. How about a sound that shows that you've got a faith in me and not in yourself and not in your circumstances? How about the kind of declaration that says, I know who my God is and he is the God who will lead us all the way through to the finish. That which he began, he is faithful to bring to completion. What about a faith that declares the truth of who our God is? See, we serve a God of the possible. So it's time for a resound declaration of faith. Now, both campuses have to reflect that declaration. Thanks to the incredible giving of our church and our Thanksgiving faith offering, this year we were able to invest wisely but sufficiently in really good gear to make the Selwyn launch a real success. We had to ask setup teams to spend a bit more time making the place look good and feel like it's us when you walk through the door. To apply excellence to the campus plant, we haven't just kept it basic, but because of people's faithfulness to vision, we've been able to really do a great job. And there's a reason for all that. We could have spent very little. In fact, we could have spent not much at all and still made a start and still got going. But we responded to what God had put in our hearts. We responded to the vision that God had given us. And here's the vision. We didn't see a small gathering of 30 or 40 people. When we set out to plant this, we saw a gathering of hundreds of people. It's not just a small church. We gave voice and flight to the vision that God had given us, that there will be hundreds of people that would call Life Church Selwyn their home. And so we built according to what we saw, not according to a small insignificant work. And, and people could go, well, I spent too much money. Not if you see it as a church with hundreds of people and people encountering Jesus and people coming to find faith and generational uh, turnarounds for families because people are finding Jesus Christ. When you begin to build with that in mind, it's not too much. But that's what we saw. It's a campus who is graced to receive people who are on a journey to finding hope in Jesus Christ. Same grace that is on La Vida is on sale and grace to receive people who are on a journey to finding hope in Jesus know a tangible and strong moving of the Holy Spirit in their midst. What we're praying for and birthing in Selwyn is a move of the Holy Spirit. Lord, as we plant, let it be marked by a move of the Holy Spirit. But Lord, not just in Selwyn here at Levita. We want more of the Holy Spirit in our midst. It's a place where hundreds of people receive an encounter of the Holy Spirit and a touch of the miraculous. In this new era across both campuses, we'll make a new sound. It's a sound of declaration. It's a bold and confident sound in who God really is. One where our people trust God, totally trust God and are willing to obey his promises and declare his promises. Let me ask you this question. I'll make it about you for a minute. What is your current declaration of faith in your life? What's in your heart that needs to have a voice of faith added to it? Is there anything? Have you got something that you're currently believing God for? What is it that you carry? What dream do you have? What is the big question that you have of God that requires a faith declaration? Well, what does a declaration of faith look like in your life? Maybe it's to declare that my child will 
get on fire for God. Instead of, I wish my child would get on fire for God. Do you notice the difference? Do you notice the distinctive? One is a declaration of faith and one is wishful thinking. Don't want wishful thinking. Well, maybe just so I, I, I hope that it'll happen. No, no, what about a declaration of faith? It says, God loves my child more than I do. God has a plan and a purpose for my child. A declaration my child will get on fire for God. I declare that my son, I declare that my daughter would live a life on fire for him, serving him, loving him. There's a difference. One's wishful thinking. One's a declaration of faith. What does it look like for you? What do you believe in God for? What does it look like for us as a church? Our declaration as a church is that we'll keep saying yes to God. We will walk in obedience to Him, even if it's not popular. If it's God, we will say yes. We will walk in obedience. That's the mark on our church. God will keep saying yes to you. We'll see God do amazing things in our midst if we'll keep walking in obedience to Him. It'd be good to get some Bible, wouldn't it? I want to read you a passage from Deuteronomy this morning. The context of this passage that we will read is that these are the words of Moses spoken to the Israelites in the wilderness east of the Jordan. And Moses is proclaiming to the Israelites all that God has commanded them. Moses began to expound the law. The book is an amazing book, and it's worth a read. So I encourage you to read through the book of Deuteronomy. Moses, he's speaking on leadership. He's speaking on rebellion. He's speaking on the wanderings in the wilderness. Idolatry. He gives the Ten Commandments. We see the first mention in Deuteronomy 6 of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That Jesus refers to in Matthew 22, the greatest commandment. He refers back to Deuteronomy 6, and we see the first mention. As you continue to read through the book, you see two key uh, themes among many others. But two key themes are love the Lord your God and Him only, and walk in obedience to Him. Walk in obedience to Him. Obedience is what builds the church. Obedience is what extends the kingdom of God. I want you to hear this. We can be as gifted as we are and in the end build nothing. But when God's people are obedient to Him, amazing things are possible. Amazing things. You know, people often talk, this is a little bit morbid, but people often talk about what they want on their gravestone when they die. I don't know if you've ever done it. I haven't really given it much thought, but at the end of the day, you know what I want on, on my gravestone? Carla's servant walked in obedience. Simple. Walked in obedience. I'm not actually going to have that on my headstone, but if you were to put it on your headstone, walk in obedience. I'm not planning anything, by the way. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> uh, because obedience is so important. Now, some people might go on evangelist or prophet or teacher or pastor something on it. No, no, no. Those things are effective when people with that mantle on their life walk in obedience to God. It's obedience that builds the church and obedience that builds the kingdom. It may not be a word we like much anymore, but in reality, we need to walk in obedience to God. And then in Deuteronomy, we arrive at this text that I want to share with you this morning. It's Deuteronomy 28, and it's titled Blessing for Obedience. See, obedience unlocks blessing upon our lives but it will also continue to unlock blessing over our church. There's one thing I once said about me, it's that, obedience. There's one thing I once said about our church is obedience. And I want to share this passage with you this morning and then declare a few things that God has shown me. And I pray that these things will come alive to you. 
as I declare them for our church, I pray that you will have some declarations in your own heart and in your own life. I'll attempt to read it out of here in the small print. 28, 28, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 to 14. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crop of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant you grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you in one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. They will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them. You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or the left, following other gods and serving them. As we read through this passage, it was a passage that actually Angela's mother gave to us and she'd simply been saying, I keep praying over you guys, Carl and Angela, you're, you're called to be the head, not the tail. Head, not the tail. Head, not the tail. But she hadn't given us the whole passage. And after Ange mentioned it to me again, we thought, let's look up the actual passage. And as we began to read the passage, God began to give us prophetic promises. Now, I know in Deuteronomy, there's a context, there's a people that God gave it to. I get all of that, but the promises of God are still true today. And I felt God say to us, come on, these are for you, Life Church." Would you believe me? Here's the first promise. If you obey the Lord, all these blessings will accompany you. Accompany you. Who wants to be accompanied by blessing? Does anybody want the accompanied blessings of God in their life? I sure do for our church. I don't want a once in a while blessing. I want the accompanied blessing of the Lord as we journey forward as a church. And so we go, God, we know we're blessed to be a blessing but it went on to say you are blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. That speaks of our daily routine. In other words, it's not just speaking about Sunday. We're not just blessed when we gather as the church. It's speaking about their ordinary everyday activities that we do will be blessed. You see, they went out every day to get food and bring it back. They went out every day to get water and to bring it back. They're going out and they're coming in would be blessed by God. I don't know about you, but my prayer for you as the church is that whenever you go out, you would be blessed. And whenever you come in, you would be blessed. That your daily routine and activity, your business, your job, your family, your marriage, your sports team, wherever God leads you would be blessed and have the accompanied blessing of God that would speak about how good our God is to people who need to know. The accompanied blessings of God. I pray you can hold on to that. I pray that's a promise for you. Some of you this morning need to grab that. Lord, thank you that you care about my going out and my coming in. It's not just about the corporate gathered church. Oh, it's a big part of it. We're saying, God, accompany us with blessing. No, no. 
more so that the mission goes forward is that God accompanies you when you're going out and coming in your everyday activities with his blessing upon your life. I hope someone here wants that for themselves. Here's the second thing. God will grant you abundant prosperity. Uh Uh-oh, he used the word prosperity. Not only did he use the word prosperity, but abundant prosperity. God is a God who prospers us when we walk in obedience to him. You may not feel it financially. That's not even what I'm talking about, but that can be part of it. But I want God to prosper every part of my life. I want God to prosper my marriage. I want God to prosper my kids. I don't know about you. I want God to prosper your business. Would you, would you not want a God who would prosper you abundantly? Yeah. Is that not the God you serve? It is the God you serve. Yeah. And the Bible is full of the abundant prosperity of God. But there are three areas that I feel that God gave us prophetic word where we will be blessed. The first is this, the fruit of your womb will be blessed. In other words, that which you birth will be blessed. The campus that we birthed, I'm believing it's a promise of God, will be blessed. When God gives you vision and you faithfully carry vision and you bring it into existence, it will be blessed. There was opposition to this campus the entire time from the moment that we set it publicly to the moment we launched. We had all kinds of things come against it, but we were faithful. We said, God, we will see this thing birthed. We will carry it to full term, Lord, and we will see it birthed. And the promise of God is that the fruit of your womb will be blessed. Hallelujah. So Selwyn will be blessed. I haven't said hallelujah in church. I don't think ever like that. It's old school Pentecostal. Hallelujah. But I'm believing it. That that which we birth, and that which we birth in the future, when you birth a business under God with the intention of being obedient to God, I'm telling you now, when that's your vision, God blesses it. The fruit of your womb, that which you birth to bring glory to God, will actually be blessed. Here's the second thing. This gets me excited. Are you ready? I'm, I'm not excited yet, but I'm about to get excited. The young of your livestock will be blessed. We believe this speaks of the next generation. And we declare with a new sound that our services would be filled with the next generation on fire for God. That is a prophetic declaration. So we believe that the the, the next generation will be blessed, that they rise up and take their place in the church. We declare it. The moment you declare something, the enemy sets up an opposition to it. But we're going to see it through. God, we believe in our church and your promise that the next generation would fill the auditorium praising you on fire for God, knowing their place in the kingdom of God and in his church and saying, God, we are all the way in on fire for you. Vibrant in our worship, vibrant in our praise, vibrant in our preaching, vibrant in the way we worship God, vibrant in the way we serve him. Big new dreams that come with a generation. Big new ideas that say, hey, we've never been this way before. And they would believe with all their heart that God can do it if it's birthed in him. A generation on fire, I'm excited about that. Here's the third thing. Maybe someone will get excited about this one. The crops of your ground will be blessed. That we would have all the resource we need to accomplish all that we do that came from God. So our declaration is this, that the vision we birth out of obedience to God would be abundantly blessed. We declare that we would be filled to overflowing with the next generation on fire for God and leading the church into the future. We declare that we would have the resources needed to do everything that God puts in our heart. And we're going to declare it because God gave it to us. It's an era of declaration. It's a new day. 
There's a generation ready to take their place. There's a sound of faith in our hearts. There's a releasing of the Holy Spirit in our midst, believing that we're going to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. We are believing God that he would resource every dream that we birthed that he placed within us. Have you heard the distinctive of it? That he placed within us. That's why we test every vision and every dream. People get frustrated when we share vision because it's like, how long will it take? Every vision and every dream must get tested to know that it's God. It's got to be tested. Then when we know it's God, we know it will be blessed. And so Salwin has been blessed because we know we heard from God. Are you doing all right? Some other promises to declare. The enemy will come at you in one direction, but he will flee from you in seven. Oh man, I'm believing for that. That though he came in opposition to Selwyn, and though he comes in opposition to vision, he might come at us in one direction, but God will make him flee in seven. I declare that. I know it's talking about a physical enemy that they had to battle with, but I believe as the enemy comes at us, he'll have to flee from you in seven. I don't know if you want to claim that for your own life, but I know there are people here with battles going on. We're called to be the head. Here's another one. We're called to be the head and not the tail. We're called to be above and not beneath. Our posture is not one of burdened under our circumstances, but faith in the midst of our circumstances. Called to be the head and not the tail. Those who know God and know his truth and know what he can do in their life will stand tall and be the head and not the tail. They'll stand above and not beneath. And we need to have a posture where we say to God, God, we will always stand knowing that we're the head knowing that you are the head of the church, but we're called to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We're entering a new era, and in the new era, we need a new bold sound, and it's a declaration of faith. I believe we need to see with eyes of faith. Many of us are wired to see in the natural, and often we'll see the opposition. I, I'm wired this way too, but I've got to keep working at it. But I want to be a person and a leader and a husband who sees with eyes of faith, who sees the possibilities, who sees what God is able to do. Because what you see is what you will build. If you don't see anything, you won't build anything. And so we have to have eyes of faith. We have to be kind of building the kind of church that we don't yet see in the natural, but we see with eyes of faith. When I took over the church from Paul Bennett's, he had a vision of 10,000 people in the church. I have the same vision. Because you've got to build according to what you see. And you don't just want to see with eyes of the natural. People go, oh, why do you want to have a church of 10,000? I want it to be people who didn't know Jesus before, but now have come to a relationship with him. If you don't have a vision that's large, it doesn't honor God. Not in the church. And so we're saying, God, we want a big vision. But what you see is what you'll build. What do you see for your marriage? What do you see for your kids? What do you see for your business? What is it that you see? Because what you see is what you will build. It'll be the outcomes of what, and what you will receive. So my encouragement in a new era is, would you see with eyes of faith? Maybe you're here today and marriage is a bit difficult. Health's a bit difficult. Things are a challenge. Just say, God, give me eyes of faith. Help me see a bit further down the road because what I can see is what I can build. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you, God, that you've been faithful across every generation. 
Lord, you'll keep being faithful. Thank you, Lord, that we feel this call to this new era. Sense of a new emphasis again. Just re-emphasizing our declaration of trust, faith, hope. That God, our church in this new era, would see with eyes of faith and build according to what we see. That again, in this era of church, we would be obedient in everything you ask of us. Lord, we pray for a bold faith declaration. We thank you for your blessing on everything we do. As we read in Deuteronomy, everything you put your hand to would be blessed. Lord, as we've launched into this new era, church in two locations, we again invite you, Holy Spirit, into everything we do. We know the Bible says, if God does not build the house, the laborers labor in vain. We want this new era to be marked by you building your church. Just while every eye is closed and head is bowed in prayer, maybe you're here today and for you personally, a new era begins with you accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. Maybe a new era for you is making Jesus Lord of your life. The journey of life transformation starts when we accept Jesus for who he is and ask him to be Lord of our lives. If you are here today, been on a journey, you're journeying towards accepting Jesus, then today could be your day. If you want to take that step, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. It's simply a prayer of invitation where you invite Jesus into your life to be Lord of your life. And I just simply ask you, as I pray the prayer, that you would pray it along with me. You can pray it in your heart, you can pray it in your head, but you'd make a genuine prayer out of this. Lord, I want to give my life to you. If that's you this morning, pray with me. Lord, I open my heart and I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my mistakes. Come and be Lord of my life. Jesus, I am yours and I belong to you. I choose to follow you today and your plan for my life. In Jesus' name. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer this morning, either for the first time, or maybe you prayed it saying, you know what, I drifted away from God. I've been away from Him and I made today a day of declaration, a prayer of salvation. I made today a new era and a new beginning for me. If you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, I'm just going to ask you simply to put your hand up just for a moment because we want to give you something this morning to help you in your journey of faith. I'll see it. Someone will give you something that you can pop it down. Thank you over here. That's fantastic. Is there anyone else this morning you're saying, hey, that's me. Thank you over here. Fantastic. Anyone else? Just nice and high so I can see it. And then you can pop it down. Anyone else? Today's my day, a new era of my life, accepting Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. 
Lord, we thank you for these wonderful people who have said yes to you. Thank you for what it means, the beginning of a brand new life. It's a brand new day. Thank you the old is gone and new has come. Thank you for the day of, today is the day of salvation. Thank you for the surrender of their hearts. Lord, we thank you the Bible talks about leading us from glory to glory. Thank you for your leading in their lives. Holy Spirit, even now, would you touch their hearts and fill their lives as they've opened their life to you. Holy Spirit, would you fill them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Will you stand with me? We're about to sing a song. Holy Spirit, we just invite you again to touch our hearts. Because the new era is not for just a few, it's for all of us. It's for all of us who say, Life Church is home. This is my place. These are my people. This is where God's called me to serve. And we just need the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. I just ask you now, if you would you just posture yourself in a place of surrender, whatever that looks like for you. You might choose to lift your hands. It might be your way. You might close your eyes, but just open your heart. Lord, we have heard words this morning. We've heard the gospel. We've heard a sermon. Pray you take it, Lord. Make it real in our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you invade our hearts afresh this morning? I pray where there are people who are downtrodden, their eyes are on the ground in front of them, that right now, Holy Spirit, you would lift their eyes to see possibility. Father, I pray even now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would put big dreams in the hearts of people. Would you put big dreams even in the hearts of the next generation right now? Would you birth a sense of love for the church and a love for God in their hearts? Would you give them ideas and dreams? Lord, would you do that right across our church? Lord, for those who have been saved a long time, would you refresh and revive dream and vision? Lord, would you help us build according to biblical pattern, but would you help us build with faith a vision that would honor and glorify you? Thank you for your blessing on our lives as we do that. But God, would you just revive the mission and vision within every heart, we pray in Jesus' name. We're about to sing a song. I think it's come to the altar, is it? Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe just during the song, you go, I, I, I want to come out and make a faith declaration over my life. If that's you, we'll just open the front. But you know, the reality is, this is an altar, but you can have an altar moment with God right where you are. You can say, God, I surrender. For me, I need an action to go with my faith. So that's why I like to come out the front. And maybe this morning you want to do that. No one's going to pray for you. We're just going to sing. And after the service, the prayer ministry team, we're willing to pray for you. But we just make a moment, have a moment. It talks about God stands with his arms open wide. That's the God you serve, the God who loves you deeply. Just respond to him. Just say, God, let this be a declaration of faith. Help me to see. Lord, I make this a moment with you where I just say yes again in Jesus' name. Let's sing.